Hello, welcome to Sight Unseen. And me down the uh, movie recommendation podcast that's hosted by a blind person who uh, lets you know movies to watch because I can't. This one is a special one because it's coming out on January 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th. And on this episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Kind of, how can I put it? A little bit lower in standards, but still, I like it. By the way, this movie recommendation podcast, I didn't seen, will always be about uh, recommending movies. So everything you hear on this podcast is it's, it's something that I enjoy. I'm not here to tear down uh, movies. Um, in any way, uh, uh, there's enough podcasts out there that do that. Um, I, I listen to them and I enjoy them. Uh, but this one's about just having fun and learning to love movies again. And part of, uh, learning to love movies is, um, guilty pleasures. And I have to admit, uh, the Friday the 13th series for me is a pretty big guilty pleasure. Um, I have kind of a weird history with Friday the 13th, um, when I was, I think, in first grade, kindergarten first grade, my uh, parents got their first VCR from Curtis Mathis, which I think is kind of like Gold Star. Um, that helps you. And Curtis Mathis, um, uh, when they uh, brought over our VCR, our brand new VCR, uh, we um, they gave you a free free two movie rentals. Uh, and our first, first movies that we ever rented were uh, Robert Altman's Popeye and... Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And then uh, you'd go back to the Curtis Mathis building when they'd have these uh, couple of walls full of videos uh, that you could rent. And so we would go as a family and pick out movies from there. And on one of the walls, there's kind of the family-friendly movies where my brother and I would uh, pick, like, usually a Disney film or something like that, some animated thing. But right directly behind, like, if you turned 180 degrees was all the horror movies. And as a child, that that wall frightened me to death because it's just all these scary images, just a whole wall of them. And one of the boxes that stood out to me was the Friday the 13th box um, because there was like one or two. And then every year, they'd seem like they would add another one. So growing up, they just kept adding to these Friday the 13th 13th movies, and I got into my mind that it was one of the scariest things to ever hit cinema ever. Because why would you keep making them if they're bad movies? So, um, so I, I didn't watch them for years and years and years and years. Um, well, which was weird because uh, a lot of people would, you know, like a, I'd say my name is Jason. They're like, oh, like Jason Voorhees, and it took me a while to figure out what that meant. Um, Jason Voorhees, as I know, and as a lot of you now know, uh, that Jason Voorhees is the main character, uh, the antagonist. Probably right. I don't know. It depends on how you look at the movie. You could argue he's a protagonist. Um, but the, uh, antagonist of the film. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so it went years and years and years, and it wasn't until, like, after college, I think, I maybe a couple of years after that, where I finally decided to sit down and face my fears and watch these movies. First of all, let me just say, um, 
if you go in expecting great art, you're going to be hugely disappointed. <laughs> if you're going in for uh, just to have fun and to kind of figure out, to look at what was making money back in the 80s. Something's coming up the plumbing for Luigi's in a bite. Giant turtles out to get him. Creepy crabs are right behind him. Fireflies, jeepers, giants, they're all coming out the pipes. Mario, where are you? It's Atari Mario Brothers with Mario from Donkey Kong, his brother Luigi, and... Which is really intriguing to think about. Then um, the Friday the 13th uh, series is a lot of fun. So I was I rented all of them through Netflix. You know, I'd watch like one, two, and send them back and get three, four, and send them back and get five, six, and send them back and get seven, eight. And what I realized is, first of all, they're not that scary. <laughs> There's not a lot of thought that's put into them. But there is a lot of fun to it. And when, when people are really trying their best to make something good, those ones really stand out. Uh, that's like the first movie, the second movie. Uh, the fourth one, which is a standout. Uh, the sixth one, which is a standout. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and throw seven in there because I just like seven. Seven has some good makeup art. This is one I could see. Um, it's also the first one that hit Kane Hodder um, um, played Jason Voorhees. Uh, if you don't know who Kane Hodder is, he's the person who finally became synonymous with the name um, Jason Voorhees. Uh, he's kind of like the Robert England. Robert England played Freddy. Uh, Freddy Krueger, um, uh, Kane Otter played uh, Jason in the seventh film, the eighth film, then in Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, and I think that's it. So it's weird that he's known for being such a big star because he was only in it pretty late in the game. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th Part 2. It's actually one of the better made of the series. I think Part 2 and Part 4 are the two standouts if, you know, where you could tell, like, uh, there was either actors or, uh, direction-wise, um, they were, they were trying their best to make a good film. Uh, the other ones, uh, like I said, they're fun to watch, but you can tell it's like, we're, we're just spitting these things out. <laughs> so, um, but number two and number four, uh, actually have some, some, I think, good talent behind it, um, you know, like uh, what's the first one? The first one actually has some pretty good talent behind it with Sean Cunningham directing it and um, Tom Savini doing the makeup. Uh, the second one is directed by a gentleman named Steve Miner. Uh, Steve Miner um, directed, uh, was a was a um, assistant director on the first one. Uh, he took, took over the directing helm in the second one and the third one. Um, if you watch the second one and the third one in a row, it's weird. It doesn't look like the same director directed them because the third one is actually in 3D and they had to compose their shots based on trying to poke stuff in your face and that sometimes doesn't make the greatest choices of movies. Um, but the second one's not bad. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, if you want to check out some of other Steve Miner's work, may I suggest Forever Young? Uh, a movie starring uh, famous anti-Semite Mel Gibson and famous yogurt activia eating person Jamie Lee Curtis. Mel Gibson plays, I think, a pilot or somebody like that who ends up being cryogenically frozen. And then uh, later on he wakes up in the, uh, I think it's during World War II, but later on he wakes up in the present day uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis and 
Jimmy Lee Curtis helps him out. Uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis will also star in another Steve Miner film, star in uh, probably one of the better outings for the Halloween series, the Halloween H2O, which is sort of a direct uh, sequel from to Halloween 2. Uh, we might cover some of those. I, By the way, I am a big horror movie and slasher movie fan. I find it more fun than actually, you know, like, intelligent. But, um, but I think now there's almost like a renaissance with a, uh, horror movies, um, um, movies like, uh, Midsummer and, um, Hereditary, where if you learn kind of that movie history basis, like, oh, this is where horror movies were in the eighties. Wow. Whew, look at where we're at now. Amazing. Amazing acting, amazing writing. Um, by the way, I can't tell you how much Midsummer is probably one of the last movies I saw where I could actually tell sort of what was going on in screen. And Midsummer is so beautiful and bright. I, we're going to cover that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up about that one. We are going to cover Midsummer at some point, maybe Midsummer. Um, but anyway, back to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Um, actors, I don't know. I'm not gonna tell you about any of the actors because it doesn't really matter, except for one. There is one person in this movie that makes it stand out above the rest. She is the final girl, and if you don't know, us. Uh, Slasher movie lingo, final girl, means uh, the girl that lasts till the end. Um, it's usually, you'll see this a lot, especially in 1980s horror movies. It's usually kind of the, uh, the more innocent gal uh, will, will uh, win out. Um, in the first uh, Friday the 13th, it was uh, Adrian King, uh, who's, who's actually pretty good and unfortunately kind of meets, meets her demise at the very first of... Uh, this movie, I think in a cold opening. Um, but in this one, it's an actress named Amy Still. I don't know what Amy Still has done from this point on, but she, she, you could tell she is trying and she wants to make this a good movie and make her character believable and make her character be somebody that you care about. And in horror movies, that's super important because if the bad guys chasing somebody you don't care about, then you're not really going to care about the movie. And that's what she really pushes the mark where that she's really good. I, I like her a lot. Um, I didn't, I'm not going to put her into the Mel, Meryl Streep category, but she makes that movie worth watching. And that's a big compliment for um, like a 1980s slasher flip. And just to kind of tell you a little bit about the plot, uh, this movie takes place about five years after Friday the 13th Part 1. Real quick um, rundown on Friday the 13th. There's this camp, camp called Crystal Lake. Well, back in the, I want to say 50s, a little boy named Jason Voorhees drowned in a lake. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And um, the cook, or a lady that worked in the kitchen, was his mom, Pamela Voorhees. She then started uh, killing camp counselors because uh, she feels like they were off either smoking pot or having sex or doing whatever and not watching her son. So it's a whole vengeance thing. So when the camp gets opened up later on in 1980, uh, which is the first movie, uh, the camp counselors start getting killed before the kids show up to the camp. Uh, by the way, Kevin Bacon's in that one. He gets a arrow through the throat. Um, some great visual effects by uh, Tom Savini. Um, 
anyway, so she's she's the murderer. You find her, you find out about her at the very end, like, oh, it's Pamela Voorhees, and she kind of gives the rundown about her son Jason drowning, and then Adrian King cuts her head off with a machete, and then during a dream sequence, um, uh, you see um, Adrian King's, I, can't, I think her character's Alice. Alice is uh, hanging out in a canoe, <laughs> trying, I guess trying to relax <laughs> after all the mayhem. And a um, kind of a deformed-looking child comes up and pulls her underwater. That's supposed to be Jason Voorhees. And it's a dream sequence. In the second movie, the movie it takes place five years after the first one, and uh, Jason Voorhees uh, is supposedly still alive. Um, uh, but a grown person now... Um, uh, and stuff like that, and so he, Jason uh, Voorhees, is the, it's the first time Jason Voorhees is a killer in the Friday the Thirteenth series. And here's another uh, trivia thing that a lot of people probably know, but I'll let let you guys know is that uh, he does not wear the hockey mask in this one. He wears actually a burlap sack with, I think, one eye hole, if I remember correctly. Um, by the way, these movies are kind of hard to listen to because there's not much going on. I, I love the music, though. Uh, the music's kind of a rip-off of the Psycho tunes, but it's a very good rip-off, and it's it's actually a lot of fun and pretense, and it's actually just fun to put on a playlist for Halloween, stuff like that. So it's five years after the first one. They're starting to reopen Camp Crystal Lake again, and, of course, mayhem ensues. And one of the counselors that's there to help uh, set up the camp is a counselor named Jenny. Jenny is studying to be a uh, child psychologist. Very important to the story. And um, the actress, Amy Still, playing, does a great job of seeming like a very smart, very capable, thinking things out character. And you know, the only person I've ever known was his mother. Never went to school, so he never had any friends. And she was everything to him. Yeah. Deranged killer. <laughs> no, no, no. You're missing my whole point. I mean, I doubt Jason would have even known the meaning of death. Or at least until that horrible night. He must have seen the whole thing happen. He must have seen his mother get killed. And all just because she loved him. I mean, isn't that what her revenge was all about? Her sense of loss? Her rage at what she thought happened? Her love for him? And he must be out there right now, crying for a return, for resurrection. What do you think? I think you're drunk. <laughs> I'll drink to that. This is so important for like horror movies. Being kind of a student of uh, comedy improv and stuff like that, there's a book out there that all comedians or uh, improvis- uh, improvisational actors know is called um, Truth and Comedy. And, well, I think it, it just goes for everything. Uh, she puts, I, you can tell she cares about her character. The, um, Amy Steele, as a, you know, as an actress, cares, or an actor, cares about her uh, character, wants her character to seem believable, to seem smart, to seem capable. And um, she plays things very vulnerable. Um, uh, that's what makes the chase scenes so great at the end. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm building her up too much where people are going to watch it like, oh, she's all right. Jason Voorhees, uh, first one in this one, wearing a burlap sack with an eye hole, um, puts spears through people, um, trying to think of what else he does, puts a hammer, uh, the claw end of a hammer into somebody's head. Um, 
especially um, as far as gore goes in these movies, uh, if if you if you are sighted um, and want to check these out, the gore is really not that bad compared to a lot of stuff that's out to na- now, like like even like on Netflix and uh, things like that. Like the gore is pretty. Um, pretty light and not only that they do real fast cuts um because it was back in the 80s and there's a lot of uh, parents that were upset at like a uh, slasher violent film so the um mpaa would cut out a lot of a lot of stuff uh from these so the, the gore is kind of i don't know not that bad now honestly you know if these movies have come out um today they might be just be pushing a pg-13 rating um but of course, with um, Friday Thirteenth movies, you're also going to get some some nudity and things like that, uh, which pushed over into the rated R uh, moments. Um, but this one, um, again, um, I think Jason Voorhees as a killer in this one is actually a lot more scarier than the one with the hockey mask. Um, he just looks frightening. Uh, he looks like somebody <laughs> just kind of messed up, and um, you know, and you don't hard to understand um and that's what makes the ending of this movie pretty great is because uh jenny amy stills character um she has a um a scene in a bar where she talks about um the psychological you know the what's affecting jason or he's psychologically and what what could be making him tick and they do a great payoff at the very end of the movie where she uses uh her insight on that to help save herself at the very end of the movie. Um, and it, it really is, I feel like I'm building this movie up too much. I'm sorry. It really is a, a pretty decent watch. Um, and um, we might save, if we have another Friday the 13th on the calendar for next year or something like that, we might do number four because that one has some great acting in it too. It makes it worth the watch. Crispin Glover is in Friday the 13th Part 4. Um, and um, it has uh, has some really great scenes in it. Um, and a really great party scene. And it has some uh, some of the actors in it are are fun to watch. Tom Savini's back doing the special effects for number 4. I can't tell you who did the effects for number 2. Uh, but the special effects are okay. Uh, but number 4, they're, it's a it's a standout. Oh, one of the other big reasons that I covered this one. Ah, geez, as a blind person, I should have covered this first. So there's 12 movies out of, you know, there's 12 of them. There's only one movie out of the 12 that has an audio description, a, a track where it describes what's happening on the screen for the visually impaired. And that is number two. The audio description is actually pretty good. A figure darts out, crossing the road in front of him. The officer stops his car and steps out. Hey! He runs into the dense forest and gives chase, lumbering through the thick undergrowth. Um, you know, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but uh, going back, uh, it it does a really good job of explaining everything that's happening. Actually, um. In my mind's eye, it was probably a little more gorier than what it used to be because you're just hearing what's happening and your brain's putting together uh, what you know what's happening and you're not actually seeing it. Um, and uh, it 
it does a real good job of not trying to um, like horror movies with audio description. Just a lot of times they'll um, they might how can I put it jump the jump scare. In other words, like there'll be a audio description that says and the killer attacks, and then there's like a beat, and then you, then you hear a crash, and you hear the killer attack. I'm like, oh well, that 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 crash was supposed to be the the shock, the horror in it, you know, the jump scare. Um, this one does a pretty good job of not stepping over a lot of the jump scares, which is, which is nice. Um, because you don't get out that a lot with, um, horror movies. Uh, probably the one, the worst one that jumps the horror scares is the, uh, it chapter one. Um, <laughs> that, that one, that one's a pretty bad one as far as like, like Pennywise is with the audio description. It's not scary at all because the audio, the narrator's like, and there's Pennywise and then Pennywise shows up. Um, but this one does a pretty good job of not stepping over the scares. Um, does a pretty good job of describing the action, of describing the character. Like, there's some characters that don't talk, but describes how the characters um, look, move, where you know their uh, their stereotype. <laughs> I guess like the like nerd or uh, you know like a, there's one guy with a sweater over his shoulders. I, lo- I, I miss that look. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, so so you get. So it, it does a pretty good job of explaining all these like 1980s slasher uh, stereotypes. So you know you get the feeling that you are watching in, or listening to a 1980s uh, slasher flick. And again, um, just can't say this enough. If Amy Still was not in this movie, I'm not sure if I'd be talking about it. She is fantastic. Um, does some you know does some fantastic work in it and. Makes the ending uh, tense. Makes the final chase tense. Um, and I think I think it's um, especially in the series, it's one of the best. It's one of the best made. One of the best looking. Um, it has an audio description for my my uh, visually impaired friends out there. And I just really I really dig it. Um, and yeah. Like I said, we might cover some of these later on. We'll definitely... I know we're going to cover some more horror movies because that's one of my favorite things to watch is horror movies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... Like I said, I'm just going to say it. We're going to put Midsummer on the docket. I I love Midsummer. It has a great... It has a pretty great audio um, description track, too, but it's also just great to watch without it. So I might watch that both and talk about that sometime. Again, I want to thank Lydia out there. Thank you so much, Lydia, for uh, putting this all together and putting this out. And thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to Sight Unseen. And we'll talk to you in about a month. Turn me down my walking cane. Lord, I'm leaving on the midnight train. On my seat. Okay.